Uh, you're listening to Gay's Gaze, in which we're gay, and we gaze into media that's by, for, or about ladies who love ladies, and sometimes we talk about other stuff. I'm Erin, and I miss my dog. Oh, and I'm Erin, and I said, hey, hey, oh. hey, hey. <laughs> I don't want to do the podcast anymore. <laughs> Was that it? Was that ended it for you? <laughs> That's it. It's... Why did that end it for you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I I just before we I guess before we end the podcast officially, there is one thing I do have to ask you. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Oh my god, I can't believe how me. much that... Yes, of course, I love to play with you. Um, I can't believe how much that uh, song was used in today's episode topic since A. I know, that song really did come up a lot. I was kind of surprised. The first time it came on, I chuckled. And then the second time, I was like, oh no, this is going to be a thing, isn't it? And then it kept coming up, yeah. I, I can't think of anything except for that like He-Man video. Me like too. Man singing the song. Yeah, which me I assume, too. I assumed that's why it was included. I was like, this has to be like a meme reference, right? No, I don't think oh. so. I don't think it was a meme reference. I think they were being serious about it, which is okay. <laughs> you can be serious. Lana about it. Wachowski, please email us at Aaron at Case Case. <laughs> Lana Wachowski's not going to email us. Aww. Also, if she does, I would be so scared. Uh, I would. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I would be scared. Um, okay, I before we move for any further with Sensei, I want to give a content warning for literally every single possible trigger a person could have. Um, yeah. If you, I think, I feel like if you were triggered by literally anything, <laughs> don't listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Some of the topics that I know we'll be bringing up, some of them just in passing, but they will be brought mm-hmm. up, include transphobia, homophobia, domestic violence, sexual assault, sextortion, suicide, um, death, including of parents, partners, and children, child mm-hmm. abuse, incest, murder, prison, injustice in general, pro-police mm-hmm. propaganda, racism, and particularly very violent for psychiatric inpatient stays. I can't think of anything else, really. Yeah, I doubt we'll talk about it, but if you if you watch the show, I would say medical gore. Um, yes, which a lot that of came up. Gore. Yeah, that came up for me because that's like, I, I, I wouldn't say it's a trigger. I just like, I have to close my eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's something that is definitely very jarring. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just like, yeah, I don't like it. Um, And then specifically, I would say, I don't know how to else to describe this except for pregnancy gore. Um, <laughs> yes, if you watch the show, absolutely pregnancy gore. That is probably something that we will be talking about as well as pregnancy related yeah. gore and childbirth. So, yeah, um, um, I was I was jarred, I would say. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was too. I, I, was, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, here the thing with me, my experience watching Sensei is that I didn't exactly realize going into it how uh, much trauma would be depicted in mm, the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, which for it, sure. it's a lot. So in general, every single episode has a lot of trauma and it is we'll talk about the trauma in the show. Yeah, we got it later on. I'm, I'm going to table that it. for now. Yeah, it's not it's not a like good time, happy, fun time show. <laughs> it really is not. No. It really is not. 
Sensei was recommended to us by our listener, Assis. So thank you very much. I really appreciated this suggestion. Um, This was a show that, um, to be completely honest, is one that I never would choose to watch myself. But ultimately, I was glad that I watched it. By the end of the series, I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm. and so proud of myself for watching this show. And I actually, I, I kind of wish that I had more to watch, which was something that I really didn't expect by the time I got to the finale. Yeah, I feel that. But let me give a quick summary. Um, I'm going to be brief about it because I think that basically I can <laughs> summarize the plot. And then what gets a little bit messy is talking about all of the characters, which I think we should m- have a conversation about each of them, if that sounds good to you. We'll kind of oh, work our way through wonderful. the roster. Okay. Yeah. Sick. So I'll give the briefest summary right now. Sensei is a Netflix original series. Um, It totals 24 episodes. There were two seasons. However, in the last season, two of the episodes are over two hours long. So in total, the Mm -hmm. runtime is somewhere around 26 hours. Mm -hmm. Um, In Sensei, the basic plot is as such. There are eight people that are born at the exact same time all across the world. And as they're adults, they come to realize that they are psychically connected. Um, So we'll talk about each of those eight people one by one. Um, Mm -hmm. But they're all members of a second species of human known as sensates or homo sensoriums, not homo sapiens. They -hmm. have this slight genetic mutation that allows them to connect mentally and emotionally, psychically. And it also allows them to share their skills with one another. Most people that are in the world don't know that sensates exist unless they actually are one or are very close to one. Um, mm-hmm. So generally, it's something that's pretty undercover. The eight folks in this specific cluster, as it's called, people that are psychically linked that are born at the exact time, they are uh, being chased by this man who's known as Whispers. And Whispers is another sensei who works for an organization that's called BPO, the Biologic Preservation Organization. And Whispers has been systematically killing sensates uh, because humans with financial power are aware of sensates' existence and they are afraid of the power that sensates hold via their psychic Mm -hmm. connection. Simultaneously, the eight people, they're being haunted by visions of this woman named Angelica, who died by suicide at the beginning of the series. And she birthed their cluster. Um, She was a sensate who sent her psychic energy out into the world to create other sensates. She didn't actually give birth to them physically. Yeah. Um, I never really understood um, how the sensate birthing worked. She, like, they they have her, like, mime giving birth. Um, yeah. But she doesn't actually <laughs> deliver a baby. Um, right. So it's kind of confusing. I, I feel like maybe it's that she's psychically connected to someone who actually was giving birth. And so she felt all eight births at the same time. I don't I know. I think you, like, you... you get birthed though as adults i'm pretty sure you do but when she had the cluster they were were they babies i don't i don't know i don't know i don't know how it works i'm confused about and the other thing is like wanna please email us yeah please (laughs) now you want her to email us um uh she um yeah apparently any sensate like you're born a sensate but then you have to be birthed I don't know. In order to awaken? Yeah, I don't I, I think don't so, exactly yeah. know either. But anyway, anyway, Angelica was like 
super nice and very kind-hearted, but she also used to work with Whispers at BPO, so it seems really strange that they work together, and nobody can quite piece out why that is. So as these eight people are fighting for their lives and trying to avoid Whispers and being caught by BPO, um, they use the variety of skills that they share to save each other's lives as they get into dangerous situations, from Nomi's hacking abilities to Caffius's driving skills to Sun's extensive martial arts training. They all bring something to the table that is helpful in surviving Mm -hmm. for all of them. Um, eventually, they work out that BPO was once a well-intentioned organization that really just sought to understand how sunsets function. But after 9-11, uh, uh, <laughs> I know, so funny. I know, after 9-11, Homo sapiens started to feel fear about the terroristic possibilities that sunsets carried via their psychic mm-hmm. connections. So that's when they started systematically murdering the sunsets. So eventually, with a lot of work, this cluster of sensates manages to kill whispers and turn BPO around and make it a good research organization again, and then they all live happily ever after. Yeah. (laughs) Yay. What really drives Sensate, though, is the characters. Let's start working our way through these characters, and I want to start with the most bland one first. Um, (laughs) So let's talk about Will Gorski. Yay! Um, so Will Gorski is I, I know. <laughs> he Will Gorski is a Chicago police officer, hmm. um, and he is like the brains of the group. He's like the investigative one. He's the one who's like trying to solve everything that's going on and figure out what Whispers is doing and investigate to get them so that they're all safe. Yeah. Will, uh, his best friend is also a cop. He has an aging alcoholic father who is also a cop. Uh, <laughs> he followed in his father's footsteps begrudgingly, despite having like a tough childhood being the son of a police officer because his dad was never home and was kind of shitty. Um, Will ends up falling in love with another sensei in their cluster named Riley, who we'll talk about. And another key thing that happens to Will in the series is that he makes eye contact with Whispers, which is Whispers' like secret thing. It's like if you make eye contact with him once, then he can enter your brain whenever he wants. Yeah. Well, that's like, I guess he's like really good at doing that, but that's just a thing for all other sensates. Like you, mm-hmm. you become connected to your cluster, but then if you make eye contact with another sensate, then they can like visit you, which is when they like psychically appear to you. Yes. Um, I don't, you don't share skills though with the other sensates that you've like connected to via vision. No. It, you can just yeah. communicate with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With whispers now in Will's brain at all times, um, Will ends up taking a lot of heroin to cope with this. He also occasionally gets the upper hand to uh, investigate whispers using his cop skills by getting into whispers brain. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) that's kind of the big stuff. Yeah. So like with whispers, it's like, oh, you can't let whispers see you because then he's going to figure out where you are because he'll like visit with you and then he will use his deductive skills to be like you're in this city and you're here and now i'm gonna find you and i'm gonna cut your brain open and lobotomize you um and then but then will because he's such a good cop which is a phrase that said way too much in this series (laughs) um he he's able to like turn that around and figure out where whispers is yeah fun yeah. With um Will's depiction as a police officer, there are so many things that just made me go like, um, um, uh, 
Uh, Will received a call from Nomi's mother in which Nomi's mother, Nomi is a trans character in the series. Nomi's Mm -hmm. mother intentionally and very violently misgenders her in this phone call and dead names her. And um, Will is immediately like fighting on her behalf uh, to be like, no, like she's a woman and like her name is Nomi and you got to stop. And I was like, would he really? Out of all the people in the sense of the in this cluster, would he really? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's he's a fictional character, so he I, is a fictional I guess character is, invented by Lana is that Lachos, he will yeah. because that's what they wrote. <laughs> that's what happens. But um, yeah, kind of kind of a weird. It's weird. A lot of cop stuff. There is a lot of cop stuff. Yeah, and I guess it like uh, Will gets what is it? He he stops being a cop around like maybe episode four or five they yeah like let him go he gets like what put on called? leave like yeah. put on like administrative leave for breaking the law yeah <laughs> um i forgot what he was doing oh yeah he was he was trying to talk to um jonas yes the, who is a sensate who was in angelica's cluster yeah and mm-hmm. and like was helping them main character cluster cluster out in the beginning yes Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and um will despite like he see he gets laid off because he's meddling in a federal case quote unquote mm-hmm. when he's like a city police officer but he throughout the rest of the series even though he's no longer employed as a chicago police officer he is very open about like being a cop and not just being a oh part yeah of who he is and like Blah, yes, blah, blah. he's. It is a main part of his identity. <laughs> it really is. Um, to the point that at one point when they're talking mm-hmm. and displaying slurs that have been used against some of the other yeah. members of their cluster, pig is one of the slurs, quote unquote, yeah. that is shown. It's um, so bad. It's so fucking bad. It's really bad. The whiplash that I got from that, I knew is- it was coming, and I still was like, uh. I didn't I did not know it was coming and then all of a sudden it's like you know suddenly just the word pig is in with all these like homophobic and racist slurs. Yes, like very blatant homophobic oh. and and transphobic and racist slurs and then pig yeah. flashes up on the screen too. It's right. like um well uh, yeah because like it's just yeah, it didn't it didn't like that. <laughs> One thing I will say about Sensei is that the overall, like, takeaway, the big lesson I think that you're supposed to learn from watching Sensei is that people are stronger Mm -hmm. together and people are stronger across their differences than they realize. Yeah. Which is very good and meaningful. Um, But it is just a little bit odd to have Will in the lineup with everybody else. Yeah. I I mean, like, it wasn't wasn't a great look in... 2015 when this came out but i i would also say now that's this an especially really bad look. look um yeah <laughs> to put it nicely yeah uh um let's talk about riley will's girlfriend yeah. um also in the cluster oh, oh god um, that is her identity isn't it <laughs> yeah god i'm so sorry well, riley <laughs> um riley is an icelandic dj who's been living in london she is like out of all of the other ones she's like the empathic like understanding emotionally sensitive one of the group mm-hmm. and riley is really deeply steeped in the london drug culture particularly regarding heroin use she's the one who supplies will with a heroin 
in when um, he needs to avoid whispers. Yeah. It's never directly stated, I don't think, but it's heavily implied that part of the reason why Riley has gotten so into drug use is because she has PTSD following the loss of her husband in a car accident when he was driving her to the hospital to give birth, where she gave birth in the car wreckage and then her baby died because of the cold temperatures. And the only reason that she survived the car accident was because another sensate could feel her suffering and called for help, which saved her life. Um, Yeah. So obviously... there's a lot of trauma and a lot of traumatic flashbacks stemming from this moment in Riley's lore in the series. Right, yeah. That sensei that called for help for her actually told her that she was cursed and that she should leave Iceland, um, which was actually secretly because BPO is headquartered there. Riley ends up falling in love with Will. Ugh. Um, at one point in the lore, Riley actually gets caught by BPO when she's in Iceland because, um, she... yeah has a traumatic flashback while um, attending a concert that her father is playing because he's a like classical pianist Um, Mm -hmm. and it's some something fucked up happened with her brain and so she was in the hospital because of her flashback yeah in a coma and then they found out that she was homosensorium and so then bpo took her and will um flew into iceland to save her and that was how he saw whispers yeah that's the season finale which is very it's tense it is tense i feel like it was somewhere around season like seven or eight where i was like oh things are picking up and i'm like actually pretty engaged in this now yeah i can't i went on and off with my engagement (laughs) but definitely that last episode um or any scene really when they're all working together it's really cool yeah and the way that the these scenes are shot i didn't i didn't read this until later I assume that it was like special effects to do the transition of like, okay, somebody's here right now and then it's another character. But I guess actually a lot of there's not that much CG in this for like the transition of Riley's right there and then, oh, no, it's actually Sun right there and and she's using her uh, martial arts skills. Yeah, it was just like very good editing and like a lot of planning and choreography, Mm -hmm. which is really neat. And so those scenes are really fun to watch. Yeah, the show is very visually appealing and edited very well. And I think that that is definitely something you can expect from the Wachowski sisters. We talked a lot in our episode about Bound, about how much we appreciated the cinematography of that movie. That movie just in general is really good. Bound. If you haven't listened to that episode or watched that movie, definitely go check it out because Bound is incredible. Yeah. You want to talk about Wolfgang? Oh. Wolfie. <laughs> Wolfie. Um, so yeah, Wolfgang sure. is a German diamond thief and safecracker. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of takes up the role as the weapon specialist of the group. Mm-hmm. Very good with yeah. guns, very good with tools, very good with breaking and entering, committing any sort of crime, using any sort of weapons or, you know, mechanical things. Um, Wolfgang's lore is that he is a child abuse survivor who learned that his mother was also his sister and that his father had been keeping both of them hostage and killed his father as a result of that. And he also grew up with his childhood best friend, later on heist partner, Felix, who at one point following a diamond heist was shot and just barely survived. And Wolfgang Mm -hmm. spends much of the rest of that season on a revenge quest to avenge the people who shot Felix. Yeah. He is successful, particularly thankful to um, 
the other members of his sensate cluster and even used a rocket launcher to explode a car yeah. <laughs> at one point. Um, Wolfgang is also somehow in love with Kala, who we will discuss next. <laughs> we're gonna, um, we're gonna which talk I about also don't love understand. Um, but yeah. that's okay. Kala is an Indian pharmacist who is working for this big pharmaceutical company. And her role in the cluster is kind of like both the doctor and the scientist. So not only is she helpful in a medical crisis, but she's also helpful when it comes to chemical weapons and crafting drugs that are known as blockers that can um, prevent the sensates from utilizing their psychic abilities, which ultimately protects them from whispers. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of her big role. Yeah, yeah. She's very helpful. And um, and when um, Will is like trying to recover from his use of heroin, she uh, she takes care of him um, with Riley and gives him like medication advice of like, hey, here's what you need to like feel better. I'm going to like look at your blood like, hey, your iron's low. Like you need to like eat something and rest. Yeah. And not do heroin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe stop doing heroin for one minute. <laughs> And Kala, she was raised by a pretty well-off family and married for love rather than an arranged marriage to a man named Rajan, who is the son of a politician with a very high investment in westernization. Mm -hmm. Kala is not really sure if she loves Rajan, but he's a nice guy. And so she's very, and she's also very confused because of all this sensate stuff that has just started going on in her life. Justifiably, I think. I think so. And at one point, um, her father-in-law-to-be is murdered because he plans to destroy a Ganesha monument. Rajan also owns the pharmaceutical company that Kala works for. And so there is mm-hmm. some drama that comes with that. And Kala is also in love with Wolfgang um, and still is not quite sure how that fits in with her feelings for Rajan as well. Personally, while I was watching it, I kept going, why don't they try being poly? Rajan seems really chill. I feel like this could work. (laughs) (laughs) And, wow, spoilers. (laughs) Spoilers, Rajan is really chill. (laughs) This could work. (laughs) Man, I feel like, um, so Sensei was originally intended to be four seasons. I I feel like you can really feel that because season one is like very, very slow. And then season two, they like, fuck, this is our last season. We Uh, we just got everything in. We got to fucking do this. And so they like, uh, they speed run a bunch of people's plot lines. And there are definitely like some info dump moments in in the second season, which, you know, I I guess you got to do what you got to do. I I felt very confused by Kala in the first season just because she is like marrying like quote unquote for love instead of what her parents did, which was an arranged marriage. But then she's like just totally not sure if she wants to marry the guy and it doesn't seem to be having like any pressure from her family or outside sources or even from uh, Rajan himself. He's like, yeah. are you? It doesn't seem like you want to marry me. Are you sure you're down to do this? And she's like, ah, uh, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> and so I would have been interested to see how, like, she came to terms with her feelings and kind of had clarity on, like, right. oh yes, actually, I have always been in love with Rajan, but I was going through the sensate thing, and that was confusing me. Yeah, um, and if, also if there have been two more seasons. I th- I feel like personally, in my interpretation of it, it was like she was always very into Rajan, but it was like it's the commitment 
that is scary mm. and the monogamy that is scary, right? Okay. And so doesn't that check out more when you think about her interactions with Wolfgang? Okay, like, yeah, that makes more sense. I feel like I forgot. I-, <laughs> I feel like it was just a monogamy issue. I feel like she was like, yeah, I'm like really into dating Rajan, but like, do I want to yeah. marry him and then only be with him forever? I don't know. But yeah. that doesn't okay, necessarily get across super clear. And that's not something that's outwardly stated. I am just saying this was my own interpretation no, no. But- of everything. Oh no! I I feel like that's accurate though. Uh, As soon as I saw Kala, (laughs) maybe I was just projecting, but I was like, "Oh, her thing is that she's gonna be like compat lesbian, and (laughs) she just hasn't." She's like, "Why don't I feel the way that I should about Raja?" And it's because actually you're a lesbian, and you'll make out with Riley. Um, Spoilers: that didn't happen. (laughs) But I wanted it to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love Kala. I I actually really and she, you know, there were a few characters in Sunset that I like was really looking forward to when they came on screen mm. and Kala was definitely one of them yeah yeah she's great yeah I think I also I think, think es- she's great especially in season two and her interactions with uh Rajan they're at one point in like one of the final confrontations they're like storming this house where whispers is being <laughs> um held and like Kala like sensates with Wolfgang and like shoots a bunch of people but rajan is like right next to her and then she's like oh no like you just saw me kill a bunch of people and it's and he's like wow babe that was really hot like can you show me how to do that and then like wolfgang takes over and is like yeah so you just yeah, <laughs> yeah babe here's how to and do then it get this, like, wolfgang rajan lore too which is so yeah. good because yeah again spoiler alert they make out in the final yeah, scene they make out. rajan and wolfgang make out and it's like yeah of course there's this connection but i wish that we could have built up more of the rajan and wolfgang connection because you only get little tidbits of it here and there right i also (laughs) i think i also had a moment that i was expecting where so kala has been keeping from rajan that she's a sensate and then he's been keeping from her that he's being investigated for medical corruption or something. Yeah, he's like assisting in a government like investigation yeah. about medical corruption. And he's like yeah. selling out his friends. And so he's in danger. But he's not the right. bad guy here. He's just the one yes. who's assisting in the investigation. Largely because right. Kala called him out on some of his yeah. bullshit. Um, yeah, when yeah. He, he was admitted like, I that be they were sending expired medication to Africa, and she was like, "Like, yeah. like in Kenya, <laughs> thinking about yeah, Capius, who's <laughs> in know. Kenya, and Capius' mom, who is getting AIDS medication." Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh. Man, so when the like secret stuff was happening, I did like obviously it was like, okay, this is something that is life threatening, but I also I like in my brain even though i'm like this doesn't make sense i was like is he keeping the secret that he's by from her oh my god (laughs) i mean yeah which yeah i guess in a way but that wasn't what he was hiding and also like didn't make sense there were like there were a bunch of like potential like uh security risks and like death threats against them like it was obviously not that he was bisexual secretly no that was not the thing (laughs) but in my somehow in my brain i was like yes that's yeah. what it is. But Rajan is so chill. I really enjoyed him. Yeah. Even like from from the first introduction you get with him, it's like, oh, this guy is like really cool. He's just like, yeah. oh yeah, Kala, like I really like you. I think you're cool. I like that you're so self-assured. Like you can do whatever you want. I'm just going to be over yeah. here doing my thing. Like, right. I'm like, I love this. Like, I know. Yeah, he's he very much has like perfect husband vibes. 
Like, yes. even Kala's, like, to-be father-in-law has the a murder attempt on his life while he's going to confront Kala and be like, hey, I don't think you sh- and Rajan should actually get married because you're religious and I want to, like, westernize India. I think you should actually just call it off. And while the father is in the hospital, like, fi- fighting for his life, she's like, oh, no, like, I don't know if I should tell Raj on this. Like, it's kind of like a get out of jail free card, but I just don't know. And then she's like, okay, I'm gonna have to tell him. And he's like, wow, it was really brave of you to tell me. Like, I love you so much. I know. He's like, a lesser (laughs) woman would have kept it a secret so that our marriage could have gone smoothly. But I love and appreciate, like, how brave and honest you are about everything. And this is why I want to marry you. Yeah, that's what he says. I know. It was so good. Yeah. Honesty is the best policy. That's true. Um, We've talked a lot about Kala. I could talk about her all day. Um, Let's talk about Caffius, though. (laughs) Caffius! Caffius, he is a Kenyan Matatu driver. And Matatu are these privately owned minibuses that are used in Kenya, often for ride sharing. And they're also often themed and decorated around a theme. So Mm -hmm. Caffius's Matatu is uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme themed because he is a massive fan of American action films. Uh-huh. And Caffius's role in the Sunset Cluster is pretty much that he is the A, he's the optimistic and excited one, and B, he's mm-hmm. the driver. He especially the getaway driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My favorite fact that I just learned is the first time where the cluster is like working together in a scene to like all use their different skills to like get away. Nomi is trying to run from BPO because they're trying to like capture her to lobotomize her. And Nomi gets in a car while she's running away and she's like, I don't know how to drive. And then Kafias comes in and he's like, I do. Um, but apparently Nomi's actress in a true like gay fashion does not actually know how to drive. And so she was like, <laughs> this scene was like perfect for me. I love that. That's really cute. Isn't that so funny? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Caffius, to give a little bit about his backstory, Caffius's mother is dying from complications from AIDS. And so he is trying to raise money to buy medicine to save her life because the two of mm-hmm. them um, have been through it all together and she has always been there for him and supported him. And so, of course, he's going to do the same and fight for her. He ends up, as a result of this quest, getting involved in drug and gang related violence. Um, to raise the money. He actually almost dies in a shoot-off when he is asked to hand over a prominent drug and pharmaceutical businessman's daughter to a gang leader, and he refuses because he's like, she's a child and she's not involved in this. Like, you have beef mm-hmm. with me, let's fight. And using Sun's martial arts skills, Sun, who we'll get to next, um, he manages to save the well-off businessman's life and escape. And this businessman buys him a new matatu, and he buys him medication for his mother. And eventually, he actually falls in love with Caffius's mom. And then they yeah. get married, or they're about to get married, but they get together. And in season two, he gets into politics and runs for office, but there are a lot of complications because of violence against political officials. That's kind of that. In season two, Caffius was played by a different actor than in season one. And it's very evidently noticeable. I, I The best way <laughs> yeah. I could describe it is that in season one, Caffius has like a friendly, goofy bus driver vibe. <laughs> Yeah, As like it definitely like like boy next door kind of vibe. Yes, absolutely. He he just definitely is legibly a normal guy. 
Yeah. A big smile, friendly face. Mm-hmm. Yes. In season two, um, the only way I can describe it is that they have hired a beefcake <laughs> and a hunk to play Capcus. <laughs> this man is so hot and <laughs> and so shredded, and it's kind of yeah. funny. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's a big shift. It's it's a big shift. Is it a bad shift? No, it's fine. But it is a, a definitely a very big change from season one. And I read a little bit about uh, the actor's departure from season mm-hmm. one. And I, at the time, I guess there was a lot of speculated transphobia. There was speculation that um, he, because there were so many trans women involved in the creation of Sensei, this is notable. Nomi Marks is played by a transgender actress. Um, Lana and Lily Wachowski are both trans. Um, there was mm-hmm. Speculation that maybe he wanted out of the show because of transphobia. This was blatantly stated to be not the case. Yeah, I think it was specifically that rumor started because Nomi's uh, actress like tweeted something like kind of being like, oh, he's gone. That's great. Now we have this new guy in and I'm really excited about him. Yeah. Um, and so people were like, oh, she didn't like him. It must have been because he's transphobic. Yeah. And then but- she literally point blank later said like, no, that actually was not the case. That was not the case at all. Yeah. And so then there was a lot of speculation about why did he leave? I, I think that the most promising speculation, quote unquote, that I've heard so far, uh, it- not only was it blatantly confirmed that he read the script and disagreed with the direction that his character went and said he wanted out that part Mm -hmm. is confirmed the speculation is that it came from the romance plot that was added into caffius's lore first of all he gets a girlfriend second of all there are several very blatant sex scenes that would have required like full frontal nudity basically of his actor and i i can't blame him for not if that is the reason why he didn't want to do it, I can't blame him for for backing out for that reason. Yeah. The other thing that is just a little bit curious about the the girlfriend development is um, in how they met. <laughs> oh, it's bad. Um, in some, I'll try to be quick. His girlfriend is like a television interviewer who interviews Caffius about his new Matatu and specifically interviews him to be like, why are you so invested in the films that are made by white Western directors that are starring white Western leads? Shouldn't we be celebrating the culture of our own people and the film and work of our own people? And Caffius says this like thing about like, film is universal and we can appreciate whatever we want. And I think that these movies that I like are about courage and I really like that. And so I take that personally and that's what I get out of it. And then she's like, you know what, Caffius, you're right. And I was wrong about all of that, like, anti-racist celebrate Kenya <laughs> bullshit. Uh. And then they start dating. Yeah, he's like, what does the color of a man's skin matter? You know, it's true, but it's it feels weird when it's, like, a man from Kenya saying that about, like... Written by a uh, white yeah. Western director and screenwriter. That's what's a little yeah. bit... Yeah. Yeah, that's what... Yeah, yeah that's what feels... Yeah. It feels funny. It, you could say that. Didn't, yeah, it didn't it felt it felt kind of odd. Yeah, that's one moment in Sensei that it, it doesn't hold up. 
No. Yeah, I will say uh, Kafka season one, I think, is my preference. Um, yes, me too. Yeah, the whole political plot in season two, I wasn't, I wasn't vibing with it quite as much. Yeah. I guess one more thing that I want to say about Kafka, I'm trying to find like the good words. This is off the cuff, like me just mm. trying to formulate my thoughts about it. In season one, whenever Kafka was on screen, I was like, yes, like I'm so excited for another like high, yeah. high intensity action scene. I'm ready for it. Season two, mm-hmm. you don't get those high intensity action scenes because he's running for political office. Um, yeah. However, I think mm-hmm. that season one comes from more of a place of Kenyan stereotyping. Yes, than that is absolutely true. Um, yes. But... Oh, so that's that's a downfall of the season one plotline. Yes. But season one also holds more true to the character idea of Kafias as being somebody who's very invested in action cinema because it actually plays out on screen. It feels like you're watching an action movie, which is his passion, which I think lends yeah. more to his character than the political plot, you know? Right. So I think it's easier to get invested in a story of like, here's this guy who is struggling for a very clear goal and it's it's very small like yes. he just wants to help his mom like that's like very relatable versus like here's a guy mm-hmm. running for office like i'm just like it, it's it's not as easy to get invested you know yes i agree with you we need to talk about we the spirit of van damme <laughs> that's how kafias refers to sun when sun like helps him fight <laughs> Sun is a Korean businesswoman and a trained martial artist. Um, Mm. She is the fighter of the group. She's the one who takes on her skills when any sort of combat is required, unless the combat requires machinery, at which point Wolfgang's brought in. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Sun, out of everybody, she's the one who's the strong and silent type. She practices a lot of mindfulness and she is incredibly wise and very quick on her feet with verbal retorts as well as her physical skills in fighting. Sun's backstory is that her very lecherous, sleazy brother was committing massive amounts of fraud in their family company. And um, mm-hmm. despite her father like never really showing he loved her um, and always supporting her brother over her, Sun was quote-unquote the bigger person and took the fall for all of the fraud in order to keep the family business open. Yeah, and she specifically did this um, because her mother passed away when she was a child and asked, Mm -hmm. please, son, like, will you take care of your brother and your father for me and my, because I'm going to (laughs) die. Yeah, uh uh-huh. And she was like, yes, of course, mother. And her mom also was like, your dad doesn't love you that much, but like, will you do it anyway? And she was like, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, sure. (laughs) So she follows her word to her mother and takes the fall and she goes to prison and once she's in prison her father is like oh i made a big mistake like your brother should be in here not you yeah like, the company isn't the same without you and i'm gonna work to get you out of here and um when her brother finds out about this he kills their father and frames it as a suicide mm-hmm. and son absolutely enraged by this it sets her new goal just to get revenge and murder her brother um, yeah. to avenge the death of her father. And 
so she escapes prison with her cluster's help and goes on a mission to find and kill him. When she does finally find him and have the perfect opportunity to kill him, she can't follow through with it. I know. I know. Sun is also (laughs) being low-key stalked by this cop who is trying to arrest her for escaping prison, but he also falls in love with her because she's just so good at fighting, you guys. And he just wants to win just once, but he can't. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, th- so so there was like a moment in Sun's past where at one point she was in a martial arts tournament and her father was there to watch her perform and she was like, okay, awesome, I'm going to show him what a badass I am and she totally kicks the ass of this dude and then her dad is like, that was horrible, I didn't like that at all, never do that again and she's like, fuck, that guy who she kicked the ass of is the cop who is now stalking her because he, he wants his ass kicked. He wants his ass kicked. <laughs> I we and it's like it's like, damn, I hate you. Don't be a cop and don't be stalking her, but like you gotta you gotta appreciate a guy at least a little bit who just really wants his ass kicked, I guess. <laughs> I mean he wants to win though is the thing. And to up to a point, he's like, I just want to like win this one time. And then in the middle of a fight she kisses him and then he's like, Okay, I don't care about winning anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought it was more like he was like, I can't stop thinking about that time you kicked my ass. Yeah, I he does he does definitely say that. <laughs> Yeah, but def- definitely bad. It's bad. Yeah, it is bad. I-, I feel like at some point, the wardrobe department was just like, we have figured out the wardrobe we want with Sun, which is that she's taken off her shirt and she's in a sports bra. And whenever we can, that is what she's going to be wearing. Yes. Um, so-, <laughs> so I just, I love all the opportunities that they have for Sun to just like be in her bra, like out in the world. I think most notably when she escapes from prison and then the cops show up where she is and then she like has to make a run for it kind of suddenly and she just happens to be not have a shirt bra. on. Yeah. Um, also when she sneaks in to a party that her brother is at in order to kill him, she is like bartender attire, which is like, a wig and a dress. It, when she goes to kill him, she takes off the dress and underneath. <laughs> underneath it she's wearing fucking glitter boy shorts and just a sports bra i know (laughs) whoever made this decision i feel like they made it there they are psychically connected with them yeah yes yes exactly yes exactly (laughs) and then she gets on a motorcycle which and then i was also like oh my god i fucking this (laughs) i'm being targeted personally oh my god um but okay so that leads me to my next point about son when she goes to kill her brother she had just chased him down and gone off the motorcycle she's about to stab him through the heart with this big metal stake um and he's like son you can't kill me you're not like me you're not a you're not a killer and i'm just like thinking about all the fucking people that son has killed she's killed so she killed all of those guys that cathias was fighting yeah she killed all of them yeah like her brother has killed exactly one person their father son has killed so many more people than he has is there a difference between somebody who has murdered a bunch of people and a murderer (laughs) i don't think so but her brother might Un- unrelated but related, I learned recently that Bae Duna, the actress who plays Sun, um, has been in some other Wachowski works too. 
Um, I thought she looked really familiar. I haven't actually seen her in those things, but I'd seen her in, like, marketing and promo materials. I bet she Um, must have been in, um, what's the Cloud movie? Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas. Yes, she she was in both Cloud Atlas and Jupiter Ascending. Oh, okay, that's cool. Um, She was also, oh, here's another thing that I forgot. She was also in Park Chan-wook's Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, um, the prequel to Old Boy. Um, yeah. which we talked about Park Chan-wook when we did The Handmaiden. Man. Mm-hmm. She's cool. She's so cool. That, she's so cool. She's beautiful. She has the perfect she's, haircut. She's so cool. I know. She's so cool. And Sun is such a cool character. Can we talk about Leto? Leto. I don't know how you feel about Leto, but I I loved Leto. I Leto loved whenever is, he was on scene. Leto is my and, favorite character in Sunset. <laughs> Yay! Actually, yeah. me too. I mean, like, I feel like it's a tie between him and Sun, but but yeah, you know. I just I just love him. There's it's something about him. him that he's he's so good. Uh, let's talk about Lido. I also I so, want to I want to see his actor in more stuff. Like, maybe I should look up what other me movies too. He's, he's in a, because he's, he's so a really good actor. Good. He's so good. It is incredible. I know. Um. So Lido uh, is a Mexican film actor who particularly does, like, action films. Mm-hmm. And his role in the cluster is that he's the actor of the group, um, or he's yeah. the charming one. He's the one who yeah, can get them out of social situations. Yeah, he's very charismatic. Um, his charisma skill in D&D would be off the through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> Leto is gay, and he's keeping yeah. it a secret because he's very afraid that it will ruin his career. And Leto's lore is that one of his female co-workers, Daniela, wants to date him. But then she's relentless. She won't give up. Then she eventually finds out that he has a boyfriend, Hernando. And Daniela ends up becoming like their queer platonic third partner who isn't having sex with them, but lives with them. And they are all, they love each other and they all support one another. And yeah. They're a big happy family. And it's, it's- great. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah, so she like shows up at his house or at his apartment and is like she's like let me in. Uh and then she comes in and then she sees Hernando and she's like this is great. Like <laughs> she's like so excited. I know. Lido's like this is what do you mean this is great? She's like I yeah. love gay porn. Like, oh, <laughs> like, oh god, she does say that actually. Oh, yeah, she actually, does say that. that. <laughs> I forgot. That pretty she, bad. Um, her most she of, comes I, around. I, her opener around. is a little rough. She comes it's, around. That's rough. It comes around. Daniela has this incredibly shitty, abusive ex-boyfriend, and he ends up getting his hands on photos of Lido and Hernando having sex because Daniela took them. Yeah, secretly took photos of them, which is not cool. Yeah, really, really not cool. And he is going to release them. And so Daniela goes back and gets back together with him so that Lido can keep his career. And Hernando ends up breaking up with Lido because of this, because Lido's cowardice caused him to sacrifice Danny's safety. Yeah. And so Lido has this massive depressive spiral, um, and he ends up deciding to publicly come out as gay. And then he and his cluster fight Danny's ex to get her back. 
And then he gets back together with Hernando after confirming that he has gotten Danny back and he's going to come out of the closet and they can be safe and all happy together. Yeah. In season two, Leto ends up accepting a role for a gay character in a Hollywood film after he gets dumped by his agency for coming out as gay because of, what was it that they specifically said? Like ethics clauses in Mexican film production, wherein it was like, we cannot hire a gay actor um, to play like a heterosexual character because that would be misleading, basically. Yeah. So he ends up getting dumped by his agency and then he manages to get this Hollywood film job with Danny's help posing as his agent and yeah. with son's authenticity of emotion in the audition. Yeah. He's, he manages to get the role. So I think with my, my favorite characters in this show, like I would have really liked to see four seasons of Lido. Lido, yes. Yeah. I think in season two, once they're like, okay, this is rushed, like time to go. Like, I, I think it would have been more interesting to see like how his career develops in Mexico and then like coming to... Um, Mm -hmm. like Hollywood and like getting roles there and stuff. I just, and I love him. So I just want to see more of him. You know? Yeah, I agree. And I want to see more of Hernando. His boyfriend's incredible. Yeah. His boyfriend's so good. And Danny. Danny's also great. Danny's also incredible. I love that all of like the partners and loved ones in the show are depicted so lovingly. Um, with the exception, of course, of Danny's ex-boyfriend, um, and Nomi's mother, which we'll get to. Um, but, like, the actual, like, families of these characters are depicted so thoroughly and, like, so, with such care, I think it's really good. That's one thing I really like about the show. (laughs) Is that a pepper? Yes, my cat is screaming outside of my office. (laughs) She's out. Let her in. <laughs> plant, the plants are in here. Leto, I feel like, is one of the most fun characters to watch. And he's mm-hmm. also really fun because when they're doing, like, their sensate sharing, he will use his skills as an actor and just a dramatic person to just, like, basically, like, he'll, there's a scene where they need to distract some cops, so performing through... Riley, he like just throws a fit basically and yeah. he's like, Wow, I'm so scared. Away. <laughs> and um there's a scene where Wolfgang is like being threatened by other rival thieves and they're like, We're gonna shoot you unless you tell us how you got into that safe and Wolfgang's like, I don't know how to lie and Leto's like, I've been doing that my entire life. I let me lie for you and he lies for him. Yeah, I just like anytime he's on screen, I just think it's just like this is fun and I'm having fun. Yeah, I agree. He's definitely like he I feel like he and Caffius, Caffius season one, they're the fun characters in the yeah, uh, in the cluster. (laughs) They're the ones that are there to have a good time. The subplot with Danny having like to go back to her abusive ex like that, that was like obviously really hard to watch. But I do feel that just the the arc of it was was very satisfying and i agree yeah yeah um yeah and so and then again like i was talking about where leto helps out wolfgang when when he needs to lie in a certain situation then wolfgang comes back and helps um leto when he needs to like just beat the shit out of that guy yeah which which also i i loved whenever that would happen in the show where it would be like this character is helping this character in this situation yeah. and then like later on it's coming back where the opposite is happening yeah I, I agree with you. That's another fave thing of mine. And um, something I, I, I want to say 
really quickly about that scene in particular, something that I really enjoyed about that scene is like you get to see Leto like get punched in the face and he like falls to the ground. He's like, oh no. But Wolfgang from his like child abuse history is so used to pain that when he takes over, like um, Danny's ex punches him in the face and he stands there and he's like, is that all you got? Like you can't hit any other than that. And it's like um, a little bit satisfying, I guess, to see the pivot in like how the fight is going to go just depending on like who is the one quote unquote fronting, you know? Right. Yeah. Should we talk about Nomi? She's the reason that we're here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Lesbian. Lesbians. We don't know for sure if she's a lesbian. But she is sapphic. She likes women. She's sapphic. We know this. Yeah. Um, So Nomi is a San Francisco-based techie and hacker. (laughs) Um, And she is the hacker of the group. Kind of Wade Kim Possible style. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that. I feel um, that. She's like often in a room on her computer pulling some sort of hacking stunt to help everybody else pull off a plan from a distance. And she mm-hmm. manages to keep the group safe remotely through her hacking skills. Nomi is both trans and gay. Um, she has mm-hmm. a girlfriend, Amanita, who is her ride or die support and absolutely deserves a girlfriend of the year award. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> Amanita is so good. I would like to issue a correction from one of our past episodes. So when we did our queer baiting episode, we, I talked a little bit about um, color as a form of queer coding. And I ended up bringing up that I saw Amanita on TV tropes because she was mentioned uh-huh. as like, Amanita has bisexual colored hair, um, which is true. And the quote at the time that I read was something like, she starts the series dating a woman and later on she has sex with a man. And so oh. I was like waiting for Amanita to be like, you know what, Nomi, I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to go. Oh, no. And then start dating a guy and for that for her to get like a little bit of lore moment but that doesn't happen um the two of them get married and the tv trope was literally just about how in a flash during one of the like confusing sex scenes yeah the cluster sex scenes the cluster sex everybody scenes, is everywhere it momentarily <laughs> shows her and Lido having sex <laughs> that's what that was yeah from TV tropes, TV tropes, naughty, naughty. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so I thought I was spoiled, and I was like waiting for Amanita to dump Nomi, and it didn't happen because no, Amanita's okay, such a good, good girlfriend. Yeah. Can I? Okay. So while we're on the topic of cluster sex scenes, oh yeah, we got to talk about it. Let's momentarily derail from um, Amanita and Nomi for a second. There are so many sex scenes. There's too much sex. There's too many sex scenes. <laughs> Um, There's too much sex in Sensei and they go on for too long. I didn't think, and and there are so many sex scenes also that like it's flashing back and forth between characters. I will say in Sensei, there's also a couple of notable orgy scenes. Yeah. Including the series ends on one. I personally uh, am not going to respond to this question, but I'm going to ask it of you. Um, Assis recommended this series for us asked mm-hmm. us to rank the sex scenes in sensei from best stores i'm just curious oh. if you have a least favorite and or a favorite <laughs> the last one's probably the best one just because i feel like i was in the best mood while i was wa- i was like i was like I- i'm fine with this happening because i'm already in a good mood <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, from yeah, watching yeah. the finale. Plus, a wedding has just happened. Yeah, that wedding just happened. It felt more. I mean, I don't. I didn't really like the graphic of them being in the fucking like. There is then a shot of them just in a massive like fuck pile where everybody is there playing night crawlers. You could say, yeah, <laughs> playing night crawlers. <laughs> um, I didn't really like any of the sex scenes. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry, fair. Aziz. I don't. I don't think that that was the answer you were looking for. I feel like I appreciated the simplicity of the first Nomi Amanita sex scene, where it's just like, okay, these two people, she's not a sensate yet, they're fucking, it's oh, fine. Yeah. Oh, that's, okay, I forgot about that one. That That is my favorite, too. I love to watch women have sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, my least favorite is the Caffius with his girlfriend sex scene. That's fair. I I will say, I think one of the only things I had known about Sense8 going into this was that I know that um, my friend who watched this show was personally made uncomfortable by some of the sex scenes because, like, it would show, like, Amanita then having sex with a man, and she was just like, as a lesbian, that makes me uncomfortable because just, like, you're showing, like, a lesbian having sex with a man and... Mm. it just feels bad i feel like for me it's a little bit uncomfortable if just for the dubious consent of the sensei yeah. brain shit where yeah, it's like i think that's also somebody especially like with rajan it's like he doesn't know that his wife is a sensei right he's literally he doesn't yeah. know that he's like like especially like in the morning um after yeah. they have sex for the first time he wakes up and kisses wolfgang on the head because he doesn't yeah. know that it's a and then kisses him on the lips yeah uh-huh yeah yeah, yeah it's weird i mean obviously this is all f- fictitious and like sensates aren't real but yeah i i think we were we had a brief discussion about how annoying it would be to be a sensate because it doesn't seem like you have total control over like what you are feeling i i think and this is like explicitly said in terms of pain where if you like hurt one sensate like you hurt all of them yeah um and that is like the strongest feeling um but it does kind of seem like if somebody's having sex and you're having sex then it kind of seems like oh now we're all having sex oh my god imagine if everybody had cramps but they were like out of sync and so you just had cramps 100 percent of the oh, time no. wouldn't that yeah. suck yeah that would suck really bad especially yeah I, I i get some i can get some pretty bad cramps i'm gonna make the, my entire the entirety of my cluster like writhe on the floor and vomit yeah. <laughs> uh, i hope you didn't have any plans today <laughs> Yeah, the, the sex stuff, I think at a certain point, I think more so in season season one and then also in the first episode of season two, it, it kind of it felt like with the sex scenes that I was watching like softcore porn that somebody else had made. And I was like, it just kind of like felt like, why are you showing me this? A little bit. Yeah, I, 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 I think that I've, I've watched so much of the l word at this point okay <laughs> i watched all of the l word last year while in quarantine because i had nothing better to do and i was like i want to know what everybody's talking about not nobody's talking yeah, about sure. the l word i should be clear i was just like, I know this piece of lesbian history and uh it, it's ultimately if you really like bad tv it's fun but it's probably not worth the watch for the majority of people listening to this but uh there's so much sex in the l word there's at least one or two yeah. sex scenes per episode and so i just got very desensitized to like 
seeing sex in a drama TV show. That's fair. Just not for me, I guess, yeah. personally. And that's fine. And that's totally yeah. fine. I feel neutral about it, so. Yeah, I think I I feel like neutral negative. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's fine. Um yeah. let's talk about Nomi though. Um Oh yeah, fuck. So, oh my god, that's what we were talking about. I know. About. So Nomi, she was raised by transphobic parents and in early episodes her transphobic mother basically tries to get her lobotomized and placed in a locked psychiatric stay. It's very traumatic to watch the first couple of episodes. I am not going it's to lie. Bad. Um, I I it was so bad that I actually after watching the first two episodes, I I kind of had a moment of like, should we even do this show? Because yeah. it was so hard to watch. Um it's at that point. Yeah, it's there's a lot of misgendering, a lot of dead naming, and with Nomi's arc, I feel like it's one of those things where I watch it and I'm like, I can see where Lana and Lily's experience is coming yeah. through in this. And totally. I can see exactly how they're pulling all of this information from their own experience to try to educate their, you know, cisgender viewers sure. and make them feel empathy about a situation like this. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's one of those things that is that's very transparent to me. But is it easy for a queer audience to watch? No, 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 it is not. It's very hard to watch. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think specifically to because so we we've just been referring to whispers and BPO as like killing the sensates that they find but actually what they do is they lobotomize them and then they become like these blank slates that can be then controlled by whispers in order to do undercover missions and then basically they become like a throwaway person that then hey they go assassinate somebody then you can kill them afterwards yep so they would do like murder suicides yeah right exactly which happens a couple times in the series so like they would do this to any sensate but it feels a lot different when they're doing it to a sapphic trans woman because, like, lobotomizing trans and LGBT people of all kinds is just a, a historical thing that happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it feels really bad and the stakes feel exceptionally high when uh, Nomi is on the run from BPO because it's like, if they find her, they are going to lobotomize her. And at this point, we don't really understand why. Yeah. Erin, it's during Pride Month. It's Pride Month. They're going to lobotomize her during Pride. They can't, they can't do that. Um, Put her in a tie-dye Spongebob shirt from Target Pride. Oh <laughs> um, Amanita busts Nomi out of the hospital. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Um, and um, Nomi is then actively being chased by BPO and Whispers for most of the series and she manages to stay free because she becomes a fugitive um yeah. for a while she stays at like a quote-unquote women's shelter um mm -hmm. until she ends up staying with um her old hacker friend from back during her government hacking days bug mm -hmm. um who is a very good hacker and does keep them safe but who is also just the worst uh <laughs> <laughs> um immediately upon meeting her and Amanita in person, he starts sexualizing her. Um yeah. because he knew her before she transitioned. Right. Now he's <laughs> like, wow, I I want I I didn't want to fuck you before, but now I do want to fuck you. And he refers to the <laughs> Which two is of not them a compliment. his angels. Oh, I thought that I was I thought was more of a Charlie's Angels reference. 
you know what? That would make more sense. Yeah. That would make more sense. But still. Because he was like. Yeah, but then he's like, I'm like Charlie my and like you're angels. my angels. No, yeah. He does call them my angels. Does Multiple he? times. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Um, but um, somehow at, at some point during the sheltering and the working together, Bug, he comes around and he becomes yeah. a chill guy. And it's he somehow becomes so important to Nomi that he actually walks her down the aisle when the series ends with her wedding to uh, and her marriage to Amanita. Yes, Sensei ends on a gay wedding on the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. And it's very cute. It's um, very good. It's good. I appreciated I, it a lot, actually. I will say one thing. I I guess I wasn't too bothered by the bug stuff. Obviously, it's, like, bad. But I think, like, unlike with the, the coffeeous racism speech, I was just like, this is fine. A trans woman is writing this. Yeah, you know of course. It, yes, I agree with you. She she gets, it gets a pass. <laughs> 100%. And I think that part of what another thing that Sensei tries to show sometimes is like, your first impression of somebody isn't reflective yeah. of who they are. I think that they really try to hammer that down with Will. Um, and I think right. that they also try to hammer that down with Bug here. Yeah. Um, being I think like, that's... he made a horrible first impression, but like, ultimately, he's a good guy and very supportive of these two women. Sure. So I've seen people saying that, like, in regards to the stereotypes that, like, each character kind of inhabits, um, that is, like, supposedly the point of them. Is yeah. that, like, oh, hey, you might see this person as stereotypes, but actually... They're much more than that. I feel like that's a very dubious protection of yeah that of the work criticism. Yeah, yeah. that's I. Yeah, it, it, what I will say about that is that I feel like that argument very much works for Will and Bug. <laughs> yeah, Does it work for everybody else. Mm, um, I mm. don't know. We didn't really talk about Angelica, Jonah, Whispers, Mr. Hoy, some of the other side characters. Literally, all I want to bring up is, did you recognize Angelica's actress? She, now that you mention it, yes, she looked extremely familiar. She is a drunk woman on a TV show. Who okay. I don't know that. Who Who do you think that she is? Oh, it's not who I think she is. It's I, who I know she is. Erin, have you ever seen um, a hit movie uh, by Quentin Tarantino called Kill Bill? Wait, what? Yeah, have you ever seen the movie Kill Bill by yeah, Quentin I have. Tarantino? Uh, the actress who plays Angelica is in Kill Bill. Um, she plays the other assassin who has the eye patch and who like um, has like the rattlesnake. Oh my god, you're right. Yes, mm-hmm. <gasps> she was in Kill Bill. Oh my god, that's blowing my mind. Yes. Wow, what a what a big difference. I know, that going is. from that role into, like, a botanist, I think she's a bot, an ecologist, sorry, an ecologist an who ecologist. goes out into the forest and plays the ukulele. Um, <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. I know, it's a big difference. I was, uh, is- I was like, I recognize her from something. For a second, I was like, is that Jennifer Cooley? It's not Jennifer I think, Cooley. I think I, uh, wait, Jennifer Cooley. You maybe confused yes, her with I Jennifer did, Coolidge. I did think that she was Jennifer Coolidge just now. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Jennifer oh, Coolidge. No. Sorry. Yes. Oh, no. Um, oops. That's my bad. Um, I am I love Jennifer Coolidge. I think that... Well, I, I, I will say I don't know that much about Jennifer Coolidge other than the role she's played. I love the roles that she's played. I think that she is iconic. Yeah. Yeah. I was... Um, yeah. I was thinking about her um, in... Legally Blonde. <laughs> yes, incredible. Um, a Cinderella story. 
Um, yeah. oh, she was on yeah. Two Broke Girls. Oh, okay. Yes. I haven't seen Two Broke Girls. I used to watch Two Broke Girls a lot. Mm, it's not very good. I wouldn't recommend it. Let's let's wrap up with a couple of little thoughts, and then I have my big question for you, <laughs> which you uh, already know, which you prepared for. Oh, yes. Um, I'm very excited for this. So, first of all, I did some digging. So, you and I had this conversation before we recorded where I was like, Aaron... Um, is it just me or did you get kind of like Chelsea Manning vibes from Nomi? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I Googled this and a lot of people had the same thought. But um, ultimately, I've decided that what it comes down to is that there is definitely like the stereotype of the trans, particularly trans female hacktivist. Um, mm-hmm. There are a lot of trans women who work in tech or have a general good knowledge of technology. And so this has yes. just started to become kind of a stereotype about trans women. And so yeah. I don't necessarily, I definitely don't think that Chelsea Manning was referenced in the creation of Sensei. I just think that it's funny that we both had that same thought. Yeah, totally. I feel like Nomi's character type probably comes more from like the Wachowski sisters themselves and their interest in technology. Like um, Definitely. I mean, they did the Matrix prior to doing this, so. We do have to talk about this, actually. I'm so sorry. Uh, (laughs) So, the Wachowskis, they also directed V for Vendetta. Oh, God. And you might be familiar with the Guy Fox mask, which was uh, adopted by some edgelords, I would say, more so than actual hackers um as like a symbol for anonymous which is like a a hacktivist group so sometimes their hacktivism work is really cool and sick and other times it's like uh oh (laughs) yeah it's bad um but yeah any anybody can be just take on the moniker of anonymous so it's like yeah but uh in in the universe of sensei apparently they are a united front and they appear to know me wearing a Guy Fox mask and are like, we are going to help you get, evade the government and your warrants and stuff like that. Um, I, I, why did they do this? I don't know why they, they had to reference the fact that something that they did became very culturally <laughs> popular. So they're like, hey, you know so. how we made the V for Vendetta guy? Um, <laughs> we're going to... Uh, the, the anonymous okay. guys, they like him. They like the V for Vendetta guy. So we're going to put the anonymous guy in the Sensei show. But that just feels really weird because like V for Vendetta is based off the comic by Alan Moore. And like, that's where the mask is from. Like, not from oh. the movie. I just like... I, I didn't I know just, that. Like, why, di- why didn't you make the... Yeah. So I don't think it was that. I, I just... I think it was just a bad decision. Yeah. They, they did a... <laughs> They did a bad decision with that they, one. They Googled Anonymous and they saw the mask and they were like, great, we have a bunch of them left over from when we did V for Vendetta <laughs> and now we can use them in Sense8 because our budget is ginormous yes. and this will save us $5. <laughs> yes. No, it definitely was like supposed to be a callback to their previous work, 100%. Like, there's no other just, interpretation like, of it. I, it I, I don't know. It just felt confusing to me. It is confusing. I'll say that, but it's also a callback to the fact that like, it was we a did callback. It's a bad callback. Yeah, it's not a good callback. That's the thing. Yeah, um, I, I, they should have just had Nomi do like one of those Matrix dodges, 
where she fall mm-hmm. backwards and then bullets yeah. go over your head. Mm-hmm. Or do ha- oh have Nomi do a backflip? Yes, Nomi should just just done a backflip. That's a much better reference. I know. Um, well, I don't think it was necessarily a reference as much as it was just a misunderstanding of what the fuck Anonymous is. Yeah, and um, but whatever, <laughs> it's fine. Whatever, it's fine. That stuff like that happens. They didn't have Nomi take the take the red pill. <laughs> Film, so. Okay, actually, actually, that would have been kind of funny. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I, I was just thinking they could have made a joke about Nomi taking her estrogen <laughs> with a red pill. Uh. <laughs> I guess it bad that I actually think that's pretty funny. It would be kind of funny. That's what the Matrix is about. It's it literally about is about trans. that. I know. It's about being it trans. Literally, the Matrix, oh, they man. said the Matrix is about being trans. If you didn't know that, the Matrix is about being trans. It's about That's what trans. it's about. They confirmed it. Yeah. Um, okay. We have to pivot. Anyway. We, we've been going Fuck. on for so long. I want to say one last thing before I ask you my final question, which is that Sensei sure, sure, sure. made me think a lot about dissociative identity disorder. And yeah, um, I actually was combing through DID forums just to see what people were talking about with Sensei. And from sure. my observations, it seems like there are a fair amount of uh, DID systems or people with DID that really relate to sensei and consider it kind of like a form of accidental representation, wherein like yeah, they've made so. this piece of media that like accidentally this group of people with dissociative identity disorder can really relate to. I watched a YouTube video by the Entropy System, specifically Win from the Entropy System, talking about um, what it was like to view Sensei as somebody with dissociative identity disorder. And I thought that the video was really good and informative. So I um, can definitely not speak as clearly and articulately and passionately as Wynn can about this. So I would really recommend if you're interested in learning a little bit more about how the series became accidental representation for folks with DID to check out that video by the Entropy System on YouTube because I thought it was really good. Okay, cool. Yeah, I want to check that out. So, yeah. That sounds interesting. What I saw from some pe- for some people, the scenes with sensates interacting is kind of reminiscent of how alters communicate in their system. Or the experience particularly discussed was that experience of, again, like Wolfgang fronting for Leto to take the pain, you know? Or, yeah, yeah. Um, like Leto fronting to save like uh wolfgang from being in that situation like stuff like that is relatable for some people with dissociative identity disorders who have alters that can get them out of quote-unquote sticky situations you know so yeah i thought it was really interesting so i'd recommend um let me ask you this question that i'm dying to talk (laughs) the moment it's finally here i ask you the question Go look at celebrities that share the same birthday as you. I don't care what the year is. Doesn't matter. I just want to know, celebrities with the same birthday as you, who are you stuck with in your cluster? Let's talk about the (laughs) dynamics of how it would work. I will say I was very disappointed that I was one day off from having Justin Bieber himself in my... (laughs) In my cluster. That is literally distressing to me. I can't even, like say that is actually distressing. Dodged a bullet. 
Uh, also, I, I couldn't find that many people who had a March 2nd birthday, um, so I did also include some anime characters, <laughs> and so I'm also sad to say that Leorio from Hunter Hunter is one day off from being in my cluster, also which tragic. he would have been so useful. Would he have uh, been? Yeah. Yeah, he is a fucking doctor. He wants to be a doctor, Aaron. He, he wants to He is a doctor. He, he goes to med school. I've watched okay. Hunter Hunter now. You've watched it more recently than I have, I trust you. He goes, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm shutting it down. It would be great to have Leorio from Hunter Hunter in your yeah. cluster. I would I'll, just like I'll that. Concede. I would I would be like Leorio, can you call Kurapika? Because I just want to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> uh but okay, so here are my cluster. We have uh John Bon Jovi, who is the singer. You may know Living on a Prayer or You guys will be living s- on a prayer. <laughs> I would say It's My Life is actually a song that I listened to maybe too much as a teenager. uh, It's a good one. It's a good one. And it has a it was on a mix CD that I had. Uh, Then next I have Daniel Craig, who you may know as James Bond or um, in the movie Knives Out. He's the inspector. I haven't seen Knives Out. Oh, you haven't seen Knives Out? No. Oh, got Ooh, you got to watch Knives Out. It's really good. I don't know if you'd like it. Yeah, but it's really good. I think you'd like it. And then I also have Rebel Wilson, uh, who you may know as an actor. She was in Bridesmaids and in the singing movie that I can't remember. Pitch Perfect. Yeah. I feel like Pitch I would Perfect. be annoyed to have Rebel Wilson in my club. Yeah, that would be awful, actually. I would say all of all of these three that I've listed so far, I'm not excited about all of them. Um, Dr. Seuss, if he was alive, he would also be in my cluster. That would also, be rough. Yeah, that'd be rough. Um, oh my god, what if he rhymed? What if <laughs> What if his secret <laughs> skill was that like he could say a little rhyme to get you out of something? Wow. Uh, I mean, sure. He's also he drew. He drew stuff. And then again, here are my here are my anime characters. Uh <laughs> there is uh Mabu uh from Sara Zenmai, um, which is the anime about Kappa's I, I like him actually. I related to his character. He's in some a gay ways. cop. Jude told me. Yeah. Oh, they. Uh, oh, yeah. He's a. I forgot he was a cop actually for a second. God damn it. He's gonna be the will of the group. Um, but he's like a soulless will. Um, he has no soul. Not because oh. he's a cop, but also but he had it stolen out of his butt. Yeah, he yeah, got stolen out of his butt. That's what coppers <laughs> do. They steal your soul out of your butt. That's what they do. That is and that is the plot of Sars and my. And that's the um, lore of Kappa, now you know. Um, um, tell me about these other animes. Minamoto, from who is the cinnamon roll boy from Sanrio Boys, um, which I haven't watched and will not watch. But uh, I've seen the first episode, and that's going to be a rough one. He's like the playboy of the group. No! Well, that's fine. He can be like the, the Lito of this. <laughs> or no, he wait, I'm thinking people. about the My Melody. Wait a second. Oh. Um, he's not the... Yeah, he I looked like a... He looked like um. Yeah, he looked like uh, that guy from Host Club. Mori? The tough guy. Yeah, yeah, he looked like yeah okay, I take it back. He is like the Mori of the group. I was thinking about the My Melody okay. boy. The cinema, oh, okay, okay. he's fine. Yeah. He's fine. And he's I'm allowed. so excited about this one that you have the shared birthday. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was hoping you could tell me about her. It is Momosuru Nene. 
Yeah, Momo Suzu Nene. Nene is Momo a Suzu. Hollow Live VTuber. She um, joined just like a one generation ago. God, it was like whenever Lamy and Botan joined Hollow Live. I really don't watch Nene that much, but she's like a kind of a fun and bubbly one. So yeah, I, like, Nene is not one of the ones that I'll like go to to watch, but she's good. I definitely like. Yeah, Nene. she seemed to have like an idol vibe. That's what I was a little from bit, her. yeah. She's yeah. she's weird and funny. So yeah. if you like weird and funny, she's probably one for you. Okay, and then um, you added this, which I'm so glad that you did. This is the only thing that matters to me in my cluster is that Nikki tutorials is a March Nikki tutorials birthday. is there. I love I, that Nikki tutorials is in your cluster. Like, I, oh my okay. god, she would just zoom into your brain and help you do your makeup every day. Ex- okay, okay, okay. I was like thinking about this on my way to work. I was like, I was like, uh, actor, actor author fake anime people i i'm not interested in any of this the only thing i want out of a cluster is for somebody to come into my brain and do my makeup and like cut my hair literally um, <laughs> nikki tutorials is there she's nikki tutorials, come to my house and enter my brain and do my makeup i will buy whatever you fucking want me to nikki please um and then also she speaks um a couple different languages, I believe. And so that would also be really useful. She's from the I, Netherlands. She speaks Dutch. Yeah. Nikki Tutorials, please, please enter my cluster. I'm ready to be born and to be with Nikki Tutorials. It would worth, it would be <laughs> worth putting up with Rebel Wilson, maybe, to have <laughs> Nikki Tutorials come into my brain and make me a, a perfect, immaculately uh, makeuped up person. <laughs> I'll accept Rebel Wilson in exchange for Nikki tutorials coming into my brain. That's so yeah. funny to me. I love yeah. your cluster. I think it's really fun. I think the John Bon Jovi and um, Nene being in your cluster. Yeah. <laughs> Nene. Thank you, Nene, for entering my cluster. Um, I What I would provide to my cluster is I'll be gay and I'll tell you if something you're saying is homophobic. I don't know if any of these people have problems with that. Um, Nikki, Nikki does. <laughs> Nikki certainly does not. Uh, I was thinking more about John Bondovi and Daniel Craig as older white men. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I Dr. Seuss is a little. Suspect. Oh, Dr. Yeah. Seuss. Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> that definitely. There's no hope for him. Also, he's dead, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> And but then my other secret still will be I'm pretty good at Photoshop, so I will Photoshop their pictures. If there's a bunch of if you take a bunch of photos, John Bon Jovi, and you only look good in one, and you want your head swapped out, I will do that for you. <laughs> you could be like the um the girl for the sister from Parasite of the group. Oh yeah, that's me. That's yeah. me. Oh, perfect. Cool. Yeah. Great. Um, okay. okay. Do you want me to talk about my cluster? Yes. Okay. I wasn't allowed to look at it. All right. So now it's time. Are you ready for me to lose my mind? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, I would like to make two notes before I talk about my cluster. So there, I share my birthday with a, a, if a good number, a solid number of celebrities. Wow. Um, so I would like, to, first of all, to give my shout outs to two who have died. So I didn't include them on my list. One oh. is Eddie Van Halen, the guitarist from Van Halen. Oh. Um, cool. The other is Paul Newman, <laughs> the yeah. um, actor and uh, creator of the Newman's Own line. You yeah. might be familiar with the lemonade and I'm the salad dressing. Um, very familiar. He gave a lot of money to charity. Yes, it's true. Big charity work. Would have been probably pretty sick to have in my cluster, but 
here we got here we are yeah. um i also would like to give a shout out for the fact that i share my birthday with the suleiman octuplets um octomom um oh. she gave birth <gasps> to eight babies all at the same time she, she gave birth I, to her own cluster <laughs> i think that they're that yeah i was just gonna say i think that they're their own cluster so i did not include them in up. mine um wow in my cluster first of all let's start out with angela davis <laughs> Wow. January 26th. Um, Angela Davis, wow. famed civil rights activist and feminist theorist, Angela Davis. Very glad to have you. Come into my brain anytime. Correct my shit. Um, it would be incredibly useful. Also, very well-educated public speaker, too. Yeah. It's a lot to gain from having Angela Davis in my cluster. She is there. I would like to note, Kim Jae-jung from the... <laughs> From the K-pop band TVXQ or DBSK. Wow. <laughs> we do have a K-pop boy in That's, I was, my cluster. You know, I was really hoping that I would have a K-pop boy in my cluster. That's so <laughs> I can't sad. Lie. I know. Wayne Gretzky, the hockey player. Athletic oh. prowess. He might be retired, yeah. but that's okay. That's okay. He... Yeah, he'll have connections. It's true. If if nothing else, if you're short on cash, he can sign a bunch of autographs and then you can sell them on eBay. <laughs> oh my god, it's true. Anita Baker, famed R&B singer. <laughs> oh, what? That's cool. Pretty sick. One of your and my favorite YouTubers, Delightful. <laughs> no way! You share a birthday with Delightful? Yeah, Delightful Aww. who customizes like Monster Highs and other dolls and does really yeah. amazing artwork with dolls. And she YouTube. She's a YouTube YouTuber. And she speaks Korean. Yep, and she lives in Korea. Oh, man. Delightful. Pretty sick person to have in my cluster. Totally. Jeez. Um... Here's kind of a curveball for you. It, he's died, but he's still in my heart. It's Paul the Octopus, the octopus that predicted the Super Bowl every year. Wait, correctly? Yes. Just, <laughs> yes. Wait, correctly wait what? the Super Bowl, yeah. He's every an year? octopus, yeah. Forever? <laughs> for how many alive. years? <laughs> I want to say like three or four. <laughs> he was a prophet but an octopus. Anyway, that could be pretty sick if you really could tell the future. <laughs> really useful to have this octopus I'm, in my cluster. I like where can where can this list possibly go from here? You know exactly where it's going, which is the Do absolute I? demolishment of my list. The final person in my cluster is Ellen DeGeneres. No. Um, who has just completely <laughs> demolished the rest of my cluster. Angela Davis, Anita Baker, you were fucked. Go get fucked. Kim J. Jung from oh TVXQ. You're about to be destroyed by Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen DeGeneres in my <laughs> cluster is about to become the next Whispers. Like, she's she Gonna yeah. leave my cluster and well, then go become with she's yeah this is my fate it's literally a plot point in in sensei is that whispers killed the rest of his cluster literally and so generous is gonna come to your house it's like oh <laughs> oh god it's like that horrible like post that was like um I heard you want to die and it's like oh no Ellen you did it and then the Grim Reaper comes out <laughs> literally <laughs> literally literally that's gonna be my experience in my cluster like yeah i'm fucked 
I got Ellen DeGeneres in my class. She's going to she's going to be like, "I just got you a new car." And then she runs you over. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. I know. Oh no. I know. Anyway, that's where we're at. I I can't I just can't believe that Ellen DeGeneres is going to come and kill you. I'm I really know. disappointed. You know, I you know. say I might have a non it's not a very great cluster with my with my three fictional characters <laughs> and dr seuss who is dead <laughs> <laughs> um but i will but say at least, least not a, at least I, at least i'm not afraid that anybody in my cluster is gonna come and kill me um and i am having a great time vibing out with nikki tutorials yeah you're having fun with Nikki Tutorials and Don Bon Jovi. <laughs> Meanwhile, me and Angela Davis are planning to get murdered. We're preparing to prevent ourselves from getting murdered by Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, man. And man, I get a lesbian in my, in my yeah, cluster and, and it's it got to be like this. And uh, wait, Angela Davis is also a lesbian. I'm fairly certain. Oh, yeah, Angela Davis is also a lesbian. Oh, um, yay. so we got we got a solid three lesbians in my cluster, and yet, and yet, one of them is gonna kill you. Anyway, uh, I feel like there's still so much to talk about with Sensei, but I I'm done. <laughs> we have to stop. I I we love talking stop. about this with you though. Thank you so much for doing this with uh, yeah, me. Thank you for to assist for suggesting it. Yeah, thank you, Assis. I will say I had a hard time getting through season one. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'll necess- necessarily recommend it because I do feel like season one is so incredibly trauma heavy. It, it, it was hard. It was hard to get through. And then I think I, I had such a hard time getting through season one that then watching season two, I was just like, this isn't fun. I'm not going to let myself have fun. And then by the end of the season, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I should have just let myself have fun with some of this. But yeah, it's a, it's good. I've, they should have got four seasons. Yeah, I agree. Damn. I feel like it would have been so much stronger had they had more time, though. Um, yeah. I, I definitely, I also wouldn't recommend this unless you. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, my caveat is like, if you feel like you're in a space where you want to watch traumatic things in order to yeah. force yourself to feel empathy, it would be a good chance. This would be a good watch for that. But is, just I because really of the love sheer amount of stuff. stuff. Really? Yeah, usually. I love to watch people suffer um, <laughs> in movies. Oh my god, I hate it now. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore after 2020 and 2021. There's too much trauma in real life. Yeah. I can no longer enjoy it in fiction. <laughs> yeah. Once I started working professionally in trauma, I got to a point where I was like, I have to just watch like fluffy shit. Yeah, like, you are valid. You are yeah. extremely valid. Though, I, every once in a while watching something like this is good. And while it wasn't necessarily like, it didn't feel great for me watching it at the time. At the end, I was like, I benefited a lot from this. The fact that they, they end Sensei with a big gay happy wedding where Nomi's mom, who has misgendered her the entire um, run of the show, takes an edible and is Drag like, no. fairies, <laughs> give her a weed brownie. And, they give and her then weed she brownie. cures and her transphobia. It cures her transphobia. She's no longer transphobic, which is, again, I mean, a little bit funny, but also... You know what? This is the ending of the show is just a bunch of like everybody happy, everybody gets what they want. So it's just like, of course that happens. And you know what? I'm here for it. If yeah. that's all it took. Yep, agreed. Anyway, let's end. Let's end, please. Um, oh thank you 
so much for listening. You should consider following us on Twitter at Gaze Gaze. You can tweet with us, DM us, tell your friends about us, uh, shout us out on Twitter, anything you feel like doing. You can also email us at Aaron at GazeGaze.com to send us thoughts, ideas, and recommendations for other things you would like to see us talk about. Um, obviously, we humor recommendations. This episode was a recommendation from one of our listeners, Assis, so if you have them, please send us our way. Um, if you were looking to get in touch with either of us, then you can just address the email to Aaron. If you're looking to get in touch with one of us specifically, I'm Aaron Wormmoon, and the other Aaron is Aaron Fishwife. Yeah, that's me. So you can contact us directly too. Um, I would like to thank Kate and Leslie from Neon and Nude for letting us use their songs Look in Love and You Pretty Thing for intro music and our outro music. You should go buy their album at neonandnude.bandcamp.com. Um, I would really recommend it. They're queer and uh, the album is fantastic and really fun. So you should go give it a listen. Yeah, it's Pride Month. It is Pride Month. <laughs> Our next episode, we're going to do the the film Gia, starring Angelina Jolie. It's on HBO Max, our sponsor, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> uh, if you're interested in watching before our next episode, I don't know much about it, but content warnings for um, drug use and abuse, HIV uh, and AIDS progression and death. I don't really know too much else to give content warnings beforehand um, because we'll be watching it for the first time too. So it should be interesting. Yeah. But until then, I'm Erin. And I'm Erin. And we are gay. Happy Pride (laughs) Month, everybody. Happy Pride. Bye. Bye. Here